Welcome back into the courtroom of current events with Peter's Proffer. Got a fun topic today. I'm sure a lot of people are going to enjoy it. It's a little bit of a bait and switch, but I uh, just want to let you know again, if you want to reach out to us on social media or ask us any questions you want to hear on the podcast, it's at Tragos Law or email us at info at TragosLaw.com. We're going to have at Gina Meisenhelder play us in. today is one that goes around in America. It's a joke that everybody loves to tell. It's a question everybody likes to ask their lawyer, any friends that they know that are lawyers, and that's how do I get out of jury duty? When we get up and we start talking to a jury before picking it uh, during a trial, the first thing we say is everybody's really excited to be here, right? Raise your hand if you're excited to be here and nobody raises their hand. So we're doing a podcast today to explain to everybody out there the question that they have, which is how you get out of jury duty. And my answer is, the easiest way to get out of jury duty is to be a registered sex offender in all 50 states. Well, I guess none of you guys really want to do that. So in reality, if you want to get out of jury duty, leave America. Because in this country, it's a civic duty. And if you don't want to be a juror, then you don't want to follow your civic duties as an American. So on today's podcast, we're actually going to answer three questions. Uh, we're, we're going to go through three topics, I should say. The first is, what are legitimate reasons to get out of jury duty? The second is, what are not legitimate reasons to get out of jury duty? And the third is the importance of jury duty and why we're not just blowing smoke as lawyers, but we'll actually explain to you why it is important and why you should want normal people and regular everyday citizens to sit on a jury. Um, so the first legitimate reason to get out of jury duty is you can elect not to go if you're over 70 years old. Doesn't mean you have to, or it doesn't mean you're disqualified from being a jury if you're over, uh, juror if you're over 70, but it means that if you are over 70 and you're not physically able to be a juror, then you can call in and tell them that you're not able to be a juror and that's a legitimate reason. But in reality, as Pete Sardis, who is uh, on the podcast with me today, will tell you, those are most of the people that show up. The retired people with nothing to do and they're excited to sit on a jury because instead they sit home and watch Law and & Order and wish they were actually on the show. Those are the people you end up getting on your jury and sometimes that can be scary because they are not a jury of our clients' peers a lot of times. All right, reason number two. Peter was actually correct. Uh, if you are a convicted felon, congratulations. You don't have the right to sit on a jury because you have, in fact, uh, lost your ability to be a jury and to sit in judgment of another person. So if you're a convicted felon, you are out of jury duty. Now, here's another interesting one. If you are incapacitated or if you provide help for an incapacitated person, if you can get documentation and you can provide that to the, um, the Department of Elections in your particular jurisdictions, most of the time they will excuse you from jury service. Uh, but again, it has to be legitimate. You actually have to have a, a bona fide medical condition or you have to be in charge of someone who is, in fact, completely uh, incapacitated. Now, next, uh, if you do not live in the jurisdiction that has sent you a summons, you are not compelled to go. What does that mean? Happens here in our area a lot. You lived in Hillsborough, then you moved to Pinellas. If you get a jury summons from Hillsborough, you're not actually capable of serving jury duty in that jurisdiction because you don't live there anymore. So you just notify, again, the uh, the registrar's office, and they will remove you from the role. And when we're talking about 
you care for an incapacitated person, that means a paraplegic person, uh, an elderly person that needs 24-hour round-the-clock care, so you're not even able to leave their side. It's not just that you know you have a son that you have to take care of or something like that. It's somebody that actually needs medical attention 24 hours a day. Now, here's a, a legitimate reason. It's called a deferral. In most Florida jurisdictions, if you receive a summons for jury duty and you have something, for example, a pre-planned and pre-paid for trip uh, on the dates that they're telling you you need to arrive, all you need to do is fill out the deferral form. And what will happen is you will get a one-time pass and will be excused from jury duty and they will reschedule you sometime in about six months or so. So if you actually do have a legitimate compelling reason, you can always get out of jury duty for that particular time frame. Uh, and then you'll just be called again later on. And that's the handful of, it's not an exhaustive list, but that's a handful of reasons that are legitimate for getting out of jury duty. And if you look through them, they're not exactly fun reasons or something that you want to be doing that gets you out of jury duty. These are people's lives that have these circumstances that they can't do anything about, and therefore they're excused from jury duty. Now, the what, what comes up in every single voir dire uh, questioning is the next bunch of reasons which are not legitimate reasons to get out of jury duty. So the first one is, I have a job. I'm busy. I don't like courthouses. I don't like lawyers. Did I mention I'm busy? I gotta pick up my kids. I have a headache. My employer will fire me. Which is actually unlawful. So if your employer says he's gonna fire you because you have jury duty, that's something that's actionable against your employer. They can't prevent you from performing your civic duty because of how important it is. And these are all things that people say to us every time we're trying to pick a jury. And it's frustrating because if they really think about it, everybody's got a job, a family, a life that they've got to put on hold to do their civic duty. So these are not legitimate reasons to get out of jury duty or we'd never be able to pick a jury. So the next section we're going to talk about, which is the most important section of the podcast, is going to be the importance of jury duty. And Thomas Jefferson once said that, I consider trial by jury as the only anchor yet imagined by man by which a government can be held to the principles of its constitution. And that really just means that you being jurors takes it out of the government's hands what the outcome of the trials of the citizens of our nation go through. And it's really a treat others how you want to be treated type of deal because imagine your case is going to be heard by a jury. Who do you want on that jury except for people like yourself? If everybody that had a job and had families was not on a juror, is that a jury that you would want deciding your case? The reality is who do you want to decide your case? You want the judge to do it? Well, you do have that option uh, as a defendant. If you want the judge to do it, you can always waive your right to a, uh, to a jury trial, but it's a right that you get to waive. It's not something that is forced upon you. What about the lawyers? You want the lawyers to do it? Really? Um, you want the other guy's lawyer to make a determination about what should happen in your case? I don't think so. How about the law enforcement officer in a criminal case? Do you want the police officer to make a decision about what should happen to you? Or um, how, how about some other obscure government agency? That, that's the, because that's the, the other side of the coin either a jury of your peers decides your case or somebody else that's elected or appointed or gets the job of deciding your case. That's it. So that would mean if we don't have a trial by jury that when you get arrested, you just go to jail for a certain amount of time and the cop is the final decision maker. Does that sound like something 
that anybody in America would want, especially somebody that's been arrested. I mean, you don't know how many times there's been wrongful arrests or people complaining that the cop didn't do something right. If we didn't have a trial by jury, that person would have no chance to fight it. That cop would just decide, well, you're going to jail now. Or a judge who, you know, has either worked for the state attorney's office or worked for the United States attorney's office or has been a law enforcement officer before or has, you know, any subjectivity bringing into the case is going to decide every case. It just is not a fair system, which is why the jury system was put into place so that justice could prevail. And lawyers would explain a case to a jury and that jury is going to have to be convinced one way or the other of what the truth is. It also keeps law enforcement officers and the government responsible, just like the Thomas Jefferson quote. They have to stay within the rules of the Constitution and the rules set out before them or lawyers through the jury system will make it right. That's really what it comes down to when you're talking about um, the jury system. You know, and the truth is, if any of you are actually thinking, well, maybe I should just let the judge and the, and the lawyers figure it out. Go watch the movie Judge Dredd and put yourself in that guy's position. See, is that who you want to make a decision for you? The reality is this, people. Without juries, our judicial system falls apart. It cannot work. And not just juries, but juries of your peers, which is what I keep saying because that's what the statute allows. So think about it. Do you want only retired, unemployed, convicted felons, and people looking to settle scores because they feel like they were done unfairly by the judicial system? Is that who you want on the jury? Just people that want to sit there for a week or two weeks or one day and sit on the jury to make this decision? Or do you want normal everyday people, which includes retired people, it includes unemployed people, but it also includes mothers and fathers and CEOs and doctors and, you know, people that work hourly jobs and servers and, you know, uh, uh, busboys and everybody across the nation. It, it should be an even representation of your peers should be on the jury, not just one or two types of people and definitely not people that are there looking to settle the score. So think about it. If you're the person who's on trial for whatever reason, be it civil or criminal, who would you want sitting in the jury chair? And you know, your answer is probably people that will listen, understand what's going on and make a true and just decision. The reality is anybody that's ever gone to jury duty after they called me trying to find out how to get out of it, calls you back and says it was an experience that they're glad that they underwent. They understand the legal system so much better after they've been in jury duty. Uh, they have a sense of pride that they participated. But at the end of the day, it's an experience. and it doesn't. It's not going to hurt you. It's not something that's going to uh, ruin your life. A day isn't going to kill anybody. So do your civic duty. And in, in the climate in today's world, especially the political world, Everybody understands how important their vote is to try to change the world and try to change how America does things. Well, jury duty is akin to voting because that is your chance to really make a difference and have your voice heard in the judicial system because you're the one making the decision on this case. You're the one holding the lawyers, the law enforcement officers, the experts, and the judges all accountable and you get to make that decision. Nobody can take that from you when you're sitting on a jury. You know, we talk about instant gratification in this generation. Nothing is more instantly gratifying than being on a jury and making the call. Uh, you will, I promise you, feel like your voice has been heard and that you have made a difference instantly because you will be there. 
and so many people love to complain about society, love to complain about whoever the president is at that time. They love to complain about whoever the governor is or mayor is or whatever law enforcement's doing that day. They love to complain about it, but this is your opportunity to fix it. This is your opportunity to be involved in the system and make sure that the system is running right, at least for that one trial that you're a jury on, that you're a juror on. I mean, that is a really important effect that you can have on the judicial system. And if everybody felt that way, then all of these trials would be conducted with a fair jury. And that's really what we as lawyers want when we're picking a jury. So we're going to end the podcast with, if you are called to jury duty, this is what you should do. And the first thing is, listen to the attorneys, listen to the evidence, try to put it all together and give good answers during for dire, meaning true answers about how you really feel so that they can try to figure out if you would be a good and fair juror for their case. You know, the next thing is be respectful to the people around you that are actually involved in the process. I promise you, the lawyers and the judges, when we determine there's somebody that's a jerk out on that jury, we don't, we don't want you to serve either. But we're going to make you sit there till the very end before we let you go. We've had that happen before. Where we're like, Judge, let's just let number 23 go. Like He's just ruining the process. He's falling asleep. And the judge says, you know what? No, we're going to cut every single person one by one. We're going to let 23 sit there till the end. And then we're going to let him go last. So don't be a jerk in the process because nobody likes that. Nobody respects that. And I promise you don't want to get the, on the bad side of a federal judge or even a state judge. You just... You don't want to have them remembering your name because your first and last name and all your personal information they have, you don't want them remembering that you were a jerk during jury duty. God forbid you come before them on a case and they remember that you were a jerk during jury duty. So I think being respectful is a, is a really important one. And when you're actually on the jury listening to the case, do your best to try to figure out what the truth is. Listen to all the testimony, listen to the lawyers, and figure out what you think happened and figure out which way you think you're going to vote. At the end of the day, when you're on that jury, you've got to vote your conscience. You've got to do what you honestly believe is right. There are stories that we've heard, and there's a number of them, where the jurors walked in and said, you know what, I'm, I'm tired, I'm bored, I want to be done here, let's just find the guy guilty and let's go home. Or let's just give this guy nothing and let's go home. And there's always that one holdout that actually does it right. And there are more times than not, that one holdout that is doing an honest-to-goodness job will sway the rest of the jurors to do the right thing. Because that's really what the point is, is you've got to do what's right. And throughout the process, that includes giving the honest and true answer during voir dire, meaning when the lawyers are asking you questions, and then also voting for what you think is right and not being convinced by somebody else's bias that may be in the room with you, maybe another juror, and not doing what's right. We've had cases before. I can remember one. I, it was a four-week federal criminal trial. And about week two, one of the juries, we find out they actually have, it's a criminal trial, and they've actually applied for the law enforcement office department that is prosecuting this case against our client. They lied in Vordire, didn't tell us that they had any connection to law enforcement, yet they were trying to get a job for the law enforcement office that was that had actually arrested our client, invested our client, um, I'm sorry, investigated our client and was testifying against our client. That's something we obviously would have known. And he got thrown off the jury because he didn't do the right thing. He didn't give the honest answer. He wanted to be on that jury. He wanted to settle some vendetta against our client or show that he was a big shot with law enforcement. And it, that's just not the right thing. So lying throughout the process or trying to hide any biases that you may have is not the right thing to do. You know, also be decisive. Um, 
don't let other people sway your judgment and sway your moral compass. Frankly, a lot of people get on juries and they just want to get out of there and they don't care what happens. But that is the most dangerous thing, especially to a litigant that is putting their life, their property, um, you know, their their case in your hands. You really need to, to, to review it and whatever decision you make, hold strong to it. And we're not trying to be Debbie Downers. We realize everybody's busy and, you know, a lot of times it's hard to see the importance of sitting on a jury for somebody else's trial. But hopefully after listening to the podcast, you can see that it is really important. We as the lawyers take it very seriously and I promise our clients take it even more seriously. So hopefully you can find it in your heart to take it seriously next time you're called to jury duty. Thanks a lot for being with us today.